This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. I don't know about you, but I'm always looking for ways for my son to get involved and give back in our local community. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, is also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org students. That's lls.org students. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast that gives you ideas about building happiness into your daily life. This week, we'll talk about why you should pick your yearbook quote and how the strategy of pairing can help you stick to your good habits. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft, and I'm dying to hear what she's going to pick as her yearbook quote. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. Um, And Gretch, I'm also excited to hear your yearbook quote. (laughs) It's going to it's all going to be very interesting today. Um, well, so here's an update. I, uh, I've been working on my Four Tendencies book because, um, you know, I'm, I, I'm obsessed with the Four Tendencies. We've talked about it a lot on the podcast, which is the question of whether you're an upholder, a questioner, an obliger, or a rebel. So I'm finishing that up. And, um, and um, but one thing that's come up over and over again is people keep saying, can you develop a quiz for children? I have a quiz for adults. If you want to take the quiz, I'll, uh, you can email me um, and I'll send you the link or I'll post the link uh, at happiercast.com slash 74. Um, and it's I've loved doing that quiz. Almost 500,000 people have taken that quiz. But that quiz is aimed at adults. And a lot of people want one for children. And I'm kind of stuck about how to think about good questions for children that would get to the tendencies. So if you have any thoughts about a good question for how to get at children's tendencies, you will get a gigantic gold star for me if you email me and help me think of how to frame the question for children. Yeah, that's a challenge. Call for help. Call for help. Well, I guess it depends on the age of the child, but should it be questions for parents in terms of observations as opposed to questions for the children? Ooh, that's interesting. Maybe that's the way to think about it is like ask yourself this about your child, not 
what is the question? Because you're right. It gets into this whole thing of like the question for an eight-year-old and the question for a 14-year-old are going to be completely different. So what does it even mean to have a child aimed? It gets confusing. Maybe that's the answer. Okay. See, I've been helped already. All right. Okay. So if you have any further (laughs) thoughts, let me know. Um, And Elizabeth, this week, our Try This at Home tip is to pick a quotation for the yearbook page. You know, in our high school and in a lot of people's high schools, when you're a senior uh, in the yearbook, you get a senior page and, it, you know, it's your pictures and you and people pick a quote. Or at least in our high school, that's what people always did is they pick a quote. That's what they do at Eliza, uh, Eliza and Eleanor school, too. They, you pick a quote or two. For whatever reasons, but this quote is somehow really important to you because you put it on your yearbook page. Yeah, and I, I have to say, like Jack's school does this too. And when we got the yearbook, I automatically went right to the senior page to read quotes. I don't know any of the seniors. I've, I'd never even see the seniors, but I love reading senior quotes. No, I mean a senior quote is just it's just interesting. And I think the reason why this is a fun thing to do as an adult is like, you know, we talk o- o- so much about self-knowledge and how important it is to know ourselves and we're happier when we identify our values and our interests and our temperament and like and also when we find ways to project our identity, you know, to show other people who we are. Uh, and these kinds of choices like picking a quote for your sen- your senior yearbook page um you know, it's sometimes people, we feel like we've lost ourselves. And things like this help, help you find yourself. You know, they illuminate yourself. So, uh, so listen, what did you pick when you were a senior, when you were actually a senior in high school? What was your actual, before what you would pick now, what, what did you pick then? Yeah, well, it's really rather nonsensical. It comes from Kurt Vonnegut. Um, he had this collection of short stories, Welcome to the Monkey House. Um, oh, yeah. And the quote I picked was, America had changed in many ways, but it had yet to adopt the metric system. <laughs> Which is kind of an absurdist quote. I mean, it's not like, you know, I remember Sarah's was like from Bob Dylan. It was, you don't need a weatherman to know which way the wind blows. Like, you get that quote, yeah. you know, <laughs> you totally get what she's saying with that. This, i trying to remember what I was saying. I almost feel like I was going against the senior quote, you know. Yeah. I was being a little bit... um subversive and not yeah. choosing something meaningful. Right. But I mean, but even that is showing something about yourself. It shows that you don't, you're like, right. I'm not going to take this so seriously. I'm going to pick something kind of absurdist. Even that is showing something about yourself. That's very revealing, you know, either way. And I have to say, Gretch, I went back before we, you know, we're going to record this and looked at that story. Mm-hmm. And it's a, crazy story very very dark story so um i don't know how that plays into my choice i don't because i didn't even remember the story i just remembered the quote yeah um but anyway i stand by it because you know kurt vonnegut's cool if nothing else you know and by the way america has yet to adopt the metric system that's true it was almost like i was predicting the future it's like you know so what was your senior quote? Okay, so I had to go back and look. I remembered one of them, but I didn't remember all of them. And I had picked three, because, which is very typical of me, too, because I love quotations, yes. of course. And so I couldn't pick just one or two. I had to have three. Um, and so one was, for, uh, which is very appropriate for me now, it was from James Joyce's Ulysses, which was, if only I could remember the one half of the things and write a book of it, yes. 
So that's mm. like that's all I do right now is remember half the things and write a book about it. So that's very prescient of me. And then one is kind of like yours. It's sort of absurdist um, from Lewis Carroll, uh, uh, you know, from Alice, the Alice in Wonderland. Uh, I know what you're thinking about, said Tweedledum, but it isn't so know how. Contrary wise, continued Tweedledee. If it were so, it might be. And if it were so, it would be. But as it isn't, it ain't. That's logic. And I don't know why I picked that. It's sort of absurdist. Um, it's hard even to read it because it's sort hmm. of weird. And then I picked one that's very, you know, like very deep in a senior high school kind of way, uh, which is the very last. Um, it's the closing, the climactic end of Vanity Fair uh, by William Makepeace Thackeray. Ah, vanitas vanitatum, which of us is happy in this world? Which of us has his desire or having it is satisfied? Come, children, let us shut up the box and the puppets for our play is played out. That's pretty heavy for a senior high school. Mm, That is. (laughs) That's awesome. Gretch, this is reminding me that you were voted to speak at uh, your high school graduation. Yes, I was in a class of like 35. (laughs) You know, Adam was also voted, also spoke at his high school graduation. But he probably had like 700 people in his graduating class, right? Yeah, it's a it's a huge thing. And I'm always like wanting to read that speech. And of course, he doesn't have it and has no idea what he said. Um, (laughs) But I so wish I could have been there for that. Um, Well, so now what would you pick now? So this is the idea, like if you were going to have your picture in the senior in the yearbook, what is the senior quote that you would put with it? So what would you pick now? Right. Well, you know, the thing that always comes to mind um, is from Virginia Woolf. It's, I think it's the actual opening of Mrs. Dalloway. Yes. Um, and she says, what a lark, what a plunge. Yeah. And it's so beautiful. So, you know, even though the book goes to a very dark place, I just love that phrase. What a lark, what a plunge. I feel like it's just life. Yes. Know, in general, what a lark, what a plunge. And whenever I am facing something that feels really scary to me, um, I like to think what a lark, what a plunge to put it in, to reframe it into something exciting as opposed to scary and dreadful. I think that's that's an amazing passage uh, from Mrs. Dalloway. Um and I think you quoted that to me at the rehearsal dinner before my wedding. You used that quotation. So clearly it's meant a lot to you. Which makes sense. Yes. No, because it's like, what is marriage? What a lark. What a plunge. No, it's, it's a beautiful, in such a few words, it evokes kind of like the terror and the excitement and the ecstasy of life. It's a beautiful quotation. And it's short, which is nice. Yeah, and I have to say also when my friends Gage and Wendy had their twins, one of them is named Clarissa, which is the name of the character in Mrs. Dalloway. So I was compelled on their card to say what a lark, what a plunge. Because also very fitting uh, for having kids, especially twins. Well, it's funny how this is a good example of how like sometimes if you have a quotation like this, it can play into your life over and over and over again, you know, and it sort of shape it if it's really meaningful to you, which reminds me of. So if you go to a bar or bat mitzvah, a child will have a Torah portion, which is a specific part of the Torah, and they will read it. And then they'll often give a little talk about what their Torah portion means to Judaism or to their life or kind of what lesson do you take from this part of the Torah? And uh, and a friend of mine said to me, well, you know, because we, we were at some uh, a friend's child's bar mitzvah, and he was like, the thing about your Torah portion is like, 
it just comes into your life over and over, you know, for the rest of my, ever since I had my bar mitzvah, mm-hmm. I've just seen it like come up and, and have these weird kind of resonances for me. And I thought, oh, that's so interesting. Like, that's so deep. And so I go to Jamie and I was like, Jamie, you know, my husband, I'm like, what was your Torah portion? And he's like, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> so clearly it, was, it did not have huge resonance for him. But for some people, I imagine that it really does. The way What a, Lark, what yeah. a Plunge for you has been echoing through the years. Um, yeah. Yeah. And Gretchen, I mean, I have to – this – funny that we're even talking about quotations because I feel like this is such a hu- huge part of your identity. Like growing up, you had the blank books where you yes. would cut out pictures and put quotes next to them. For hours, you would yes. do that and fill these huge books. Yes. And now you have your quotation newsletter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or daily quotation letter. Yeah. No, and I love doing it because I have all these quotations and it's so exciting to me to have an outlet to share them with other people. I'm constantly getting more and more. Um, and yeah, and if people want that, if you just email me, podcast at GretchenRubin.com and, say you, and just say newsletter, I'll send you the uh, – I'll sign you up for it. It's uh, a quotation every day free. It's And I love doing it. Um, so for me, it's really like, how do I pick among the millions and millions of quotations that I love so much? Um, but if I had to pick one now, and I think it changes all the time. Yeah, what would it be? Um, it was what I used as the epigraph to Better Than Before. Um, it's from Publilius Cyrus. The greatest of empires is the empire over oneself. Mm. And I feel like I think about that a lot. Like the em- it, it's the greatest of empires, and really, in a way, it's the only empire that we can have is the empire over ourselves. And so I think about that all the time. Yes. So I would, I am dying to hear if what people would pick as their, as their senior quote. Um, it could be from a poem. It can be a line of a song. It can be from a book, which all of ours, both you and I picked ones from books. But, um, oh, yeah. I just, I can't wait to hear what people would pick because I do feel like, it's it's an opportunity to really pre- project your your identity, your value, your sense of humor, your range of illusions, what's important to you in just like a single sentence or two. Um, I love it. Cannot wait to hear them. So Twitter, Facebook, email us at podcast at GretchenRubin.com or go to happiercast.com slash 74 to add your comment or to look at any kind of links or or, uh, or any other kind of information that's associated with this episode. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So, Elizabeth, this week's Better Than Before Habit Strategy is the strategy of pairing. 
Now, in my book, Better Than Before, I talk about how we can make or break our habits, and I identify 21 strategies. Um, and sometimes people like kind of freak out because they think 21 is too many, but that's good. It means you have lots of choices because some strategies work for some people and not for others, or some we can use at some times and not at other times. And I have to admit that when I was writing this, the strategy of pairing, I almost didn't understand that it was a strategy because it's something that comes so naturally to me that I almost couldn't perceive it, you know? Um, So what is it exactly? It's doing one thing with another thing? Yeah. So the strategy, exactly. The strategy of pairing is the idea that you do two things together. They do not have to be simultaneous. It could be that like you only do one thing on the day that you do the other thing. Or it might be that you only do Uh. one thing when someone else does one thing. But the idea is, is that they only go together. Now, this is not a reward. This is not like... I, if I if I go for a run, then I get a scone. No, that is a reward. Pairing is just that the two things only go together. And you have a great example of pairing with uh, your real housewives, right? What's that pairing? Yes. Well, the, yes, of course, there's a story there. But I, for a long time, <laughs> was only watching the Real Housewives franchise on the treadmill at home. So I, those two things went together and that was it. And I was getting so much treadmill in because um, there's a lot of Real Housewives franchises and I watched (laughs) almost all of them. Um, And I also want to watch them. So I would get on the treadmill that night um, to watch. Yeah. Um, The problem is because, you know, as I've mentioned, and I'm sure everyone is sick of hearing about, we're working on our house (laughs) and our treadmill now is like, in it's it's just like not functional because of what's going on with the house um it's too boring to go into details but i just like neither adam nor i have used a treadmill in months whereas normally we use it a lot i will say it's not like we just hang clothes on it we actually use it um so i've gone back to watching the real housewives you know not on the treadmill and it has really hurt the amount of exercise I'm getting. Mm. So I can say from a negative point of view that pairing is good because now that I don't have the pairing, I'm just, you know, kind of crumbling. Right. So the idea is like, I mean, apart from the idea that you can't you can't use your treadmill from a practical sense, but it's like it, once the treadmill's back, it's like they only happen together. It's Real Housewives on the treadmill. Yes. Um, you know, it's you only have 10 minutes. You can't really get on the treadmill. Can you turn on Real Housewives? No, because Real Housewives only happens on the treadmill. Right. And so this is just good because it's, it's a way to reinforce a habit by using an association. So, for instance, when I was in college, my pairing was that I, um, I, I could only shower on a day when I'd gone to the gym. So, right. And, you know, you can go a day and you can go two days, but especially if you're in college, like you want to take a shower. And yeah. so I had to go to the gym in order to be able to take the shower. And that worked really well. And I've heard it, they did a study um, where they gave people like, uh, he- like a, you know, uh, an audio book. And the, and the people had to keep an exciting audiobook, like something that, you know, you really wanted. There was a lot of suspense. And they could only listen to it at the gym to see if that would help people go to the gym. And it does help people go to the gym because you're like, ooh, I want to hear what's going to happen. I've got to go to the gym. And I, I literally have to go to the gym because it's in the locker at the gym is the headphones where I'm going to listen to this thing. Ah, well, you know, Gretch, I have loved hearing from our listeners. A lot of people have emailed to say that they pair listening to this podcast with cleaning, often cleaning the kitchen, but I think cleaning in general. (laughs) 
Yeah, no, and, and uh, no, so podcasts are a, a great pairing. Like, you only listen to, like, a favorite podcast while you're doing this other particular thing. So, like, Jamie loves Bill Simmons' podcast, and he listens to Bill Simmons' podcast when he work, walks Barnaby. And I know that he takes Barnaby for much, much longer walks than he would otherwise mm-hmm. because he wants to listen to the Bill Simmons' podcast. And so it's a way to get yourself doing something because you're like, well, I have to do th- this thing because there's this other thing that I want. And I've heard of people using, and this is kind of an obliger tweak on pairing, which is uh, like somebody, you use it as an accountability measure. So somebody said to me, my husband really likes going to the gym, but I don't like going to the gym. But we made a deal that he could only go to the gym on a day when I went to the gym. Mm. So I have to go to the gym so he can go to the gym. And so that's like pairing and accountability. So um, it, it's funny because it, it's it's very simple. Um, I almost wondered if it really rose to the level of being its own strategy in the, in, when I was trying to come up with the final set. But it re, it's something that over and over and over people tell me really works for them. If you or like I'm, I need to take this medication, so I'm only going I can only have my first cup of coffee in the morning if I've taken my medication. You know, it's like okay, no medication, no coffee, and then it just helps people be like, ooh. I got to get there because I got to get to that cup of coffee. Yeah, I went. I remember you gave me that tip when I um, had to do my eye wipes. Won't go into that again. Oh, yeah. But you were like, put them by the coffee maker and you can't make that coffee until you've done it. And that was very helpful for me when I needed to do that. Did it work? It did work. Yeah. Of course, now I've now I got through it, you know, and then I stopped doing it. And of course, now I need to start again. So I, I should actually go back to that again. <laughs> But it did help. It was great. Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, yeah. So, uh, so that's a way to use um, uh, one of the twenty-one habit strategies to make make a change in, a, in an important habit. Um, now let's turn to a listener question. Uh, remember, if you want to leave us a voicemail question, uh, call 774-277-9336, which is also 77-HAPPY-336. This week's email, Gretchen, comes from Laura. She says, I love the idea of knowing and understanding the four different tendencies. I am definitely an obliger and how they help one better relate to their spouse, kids, coworkers, etc. As in most families, there are lots of different tendencies represented. My husband is a questioner and I have one son who is an obliger and another who is a questioner. I find this is helpful to know when identifying ways to motivate them. My husband and I can relate to our similar tendency and shed light leading to more success and understanding. Regarding the two of you, upholder and obliger, have you ever discussed what category your parents are in? I have sure been thinking about my brother and I and our parents. Well, Gretch, of course, you and I have discussed this many times. Yes. Partly because I talk about this so obsessively and <laughs> that you can hardly be even around me uh, where you're not forced into a conversation about the four tendencies. But yes, we have talked about our parents and the four tendencies. We think dad is definitely a questioner. And mom is an obliger. Yeah, although I is she definitely an obliger or could she possibly be an upholder? 
Well, you know, that's a good question. Um, and one of the things that I, so I'm, I just mentioned that I was writing the book about the four tendencies and I am writing this book. And one of the things I talk about is how people kind of tip to one, all of the tendencies overlap with the other tendencies. And so you can either, it's, it's sort of like where you're like Virgo with Leo rising or something. Mm. You can be an upholder who tips to questioner or you can be an upholder who tips to obliger. So I think mom is an obliger who tips to upholder where, um, she's, it's pretty easy to get her to be, uh, to feel accountable to things. But I think if you look at mom and her, and her habits and how she does things, I think she's just a very successful obliger in that like everything, she's set up everything in her life so that the things that she wants to do are also what she's expected to do. So I don't think she right. feels any, pr- any kind of pressure particularly because it's what she wants for herself. But it's like she loves to read and she's in a book group where they read like really demanding books. And so she does a lot of reading, you know, or right. um, uh, for long when she exercised most successfully, like she's doing a good job now. Um, yes. But is. but in the past, when you look at when she's exercised most successfully, it's when she was either walking with our next door neighbor or when she and dad were doing the hot yoga. Remember that phase? Yes. You know, and they never you know, they were so good about going. Um, and so I, I do think she's she's an obliger, but an obliger that's kind of on the upholder end of things. And it's funny because like with dad, he so falls into the questioner category, like how questioners love articles and sending people articles yes. like, look at this. Yeah. It's proof yeah. of you know what I was talking about. And he sends us articles all the time. And now that we have this framework for the articles, I just get such a kick out of it when I see it because yeah. I'm sort of like, oh, there's dad's tendency. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, you know, these articles are, are often interesting and helpful, but I just do get, I, I think it's funny how people just sort of fall into their um, category. And, and one of the things that Laura says that's really encouraging to me is like, is that she feels like it's helpful, like dealing with the pe- with the people in her family. And I've heard from several people where like for Thanksgiving dinner or for some kind of family gathering, they all took the quiz and then talked about what tendencies they were and, you know, whether they thought it was accurate and kind of discussed it. And it does seem that for families and also, you know, in work and all different kinds of relationships, you do understand people better. Like there really are these consistent patterns in how people approach the world and it can help you talk to them in a better way. Like if, you, if you're if you an obliger and you have a question or child, you might just be completely perplexed about why your child keeps saying things like, but why do I have to learn about Mesopotamia and why do I have to wear a dress to the party and why can't I drive barefoot? And, you know, you're just like... Because that's the way, that's just what's expected of you. Like, why do we have to have these long conversations? But if it's, a, if you know that the child's a questioner, you can say, they really need to have answers and justifications. I need to stop and have this conversation with this child if I want them to listen to me and really take it to heart. And so let me take five minutes and discuss why is it that you can't drive barefoot, you know? Yeah. And then once they have their, an- once they have their answer, then they're going to be much better about meeting that expectation. So it's great for, to hear that her family is finding this to be, useful framework because I I do think it it can help us understand where other people are coming from better. Yeah. And I would encourage Laura to have her parents take the quiz and see, you know, see what they are. I think that'd be interesting. Yeah. So if if you want, if a listener wants to take a quiz, if you want to take the quiz, it's at happiercast.com slash quiz. It will tell you whether you are an upholder, a quest, an upholder like me, a questioner like our father, an obliger like Elizabeth and my mom, and, or our mom, and or a rebel, which we don't have a rebel in our immediate family. 
rubble is few. There aren't that many rubbles. Um, the proud, the few rubbles. Um, and like a more, almost, I'm almost at 500,000 people have taken this quiz now. So um, I hope that people find that useful. And Laura, great to hear from Laura. It's great to hear that she's, she's, she's been pondering it. Yes. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. Okay, Gretch, you are up this week with a happiness demerit. Well, this is a demerit, and I, but I would say it's kind of an abstract demerit because I, I kind of don't fault myself for this, but I'm kicking myself for this. Like, I wish I'd thought of this because it's going to have a happiness impact, mm. um, but it was just completely out of my frame. So um, I mentioned that Eleanor's going to sleepaway camp for the first time this year. So, you know, we packed her up. And, uh, you know, it's like Mommy Olympics getting everything ready for camp. And uh, her camp has a super serious no device policy. Like they couldn't be mm-hmm. more adamant, like no devices, no devices, no devices. So, of course, like, you know, I have her phone. It's like safely in my backpack for me to bring home. And we get home and I realize, oh, my gosh. She has no way to take pictures because now you're just so used to taking pictures on your phone that we didn't think about how is she going to take pictures. And she never mentioned it. And I, it just, I was just completely out. That's why I don't give myself, uh, I, uh, 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 like, I sort of excuse myself because it was just so far out of what I was contemplating. I was so focused on like the blankets and the t- long sleeve t-shirts that I just, and but I feel so sad because I'm sure she'll, you know, um, when it's done, she'll be, you know, wish that she had pictures of her friends and her activities and just her cabin and all that. Um, you know, I, we, some little digital camera or disposable camera or something like that. So anyway, I'm, I'm, and I really, I really do believe that there's a very, a big happiness value in taking pictures and the way they bring back happy memories. And then she could show them to us and tell us about her adventures and all this. Um, so I'm sad about that. She doesn't have a camera. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you should at least like send a, dig, uh, uh, you know, a disposable camera so she can Ooh, have something. Ooh, that's a great idea. That is a great idea. Okay. I don't, do they even make disposable cameras anymore? I think so. Cause I think people have them at weddings, you know, on tables. Of course. Yes. Yes. Okay. I, okay. That's good. But then you're going to have to go get them um, printed. And that, I mean, that's, that'll be an adventure. <laughs> an adventure. Um, yes. Okay. You get a gold star for the disposable camera. And I'm going to get a gold star if I actually manage to make this happen from beginning to end. Because I foresee many kind of weird, uh, weird errands. Like, uh, yes. where do you get it? Where do you get it developed? Et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I do feel like it would be a great thing for her. So, okay, that's great. Gold star for you for thinking about the disposable camera. And you have another gold star too. What's that? 
Yeah, my gold star is for Sarah this week, my writing partner, because, uh, Gretch, you have been planning to go to uh, Podcast Movement, which is a, a conference for podcasters, which is in Chicago this year. And you and I went together last year, and we had an awesome time, and we learned a ton. It was really interesting. Yes. And um, this year, it's and we, we wore the T-shirts with our logo. Yes, we had T-shirts with our logo. And <laughs> last year, it was on a weekend. And this year, it's on a Thursday and Friday. And so I just felt like I cannot go. I can't be gone during the week, right after the 4th of July. Sarah and I, uh, we have too much to do and too much to plan. And I, even though I really wanted to go... And, um, I kept sort of mentioning that I wanted to go and, you know, <laughs> it kept coming up. Anyway, Sarah time, like finally just gave me permission to go. Not that I need her permission, but right. it's like, I want her permission. Yeah. You know, she was like, you know what? You should just go. Like it's summer. A lot of people are on vacation. It's two days. You were just going to end up sitting in our office and you're going to wish you'd gone and you should just go. Um, and then I was like, well, should I just go on, you know, should I go Thursday or should I go Wednesday? And, you know, and she was like, you should go Wednesday, do the whole conference. You're going to have a great time and you're going to, it's going to be totally fine. And so I'm going and I'm happy. And I don't think I would have gone had Sarah not just been like, Liz, it's fine. So a gold star for Sarah for knowing her writing partner's, you know, neuroses and <laughs> desires and helping me get through them. Um, I'm super excited. Yeah, because sometimes you don't need permission, but you need a little encouragement. And she gave you that encouragement. That's excellent. Good, good, good. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Choose the quote for your yearbook page. Get in touch and let us know what quote you picked. We're dying to hear what people picked. Thank you to our producer, Kristen Meinzer. And, you know, we're going to have to hear her yearbook quote when we follow up on this. Yes, yes. Also, thanks to Andy Bowers and Laura Mayer of Panoply. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. If you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us on iTunes. If you want to get an email each week when we have a new episode so you never miss an episode, you can go to happiercast.com slash join and sign up to get that email. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us Onward and Upward. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. 
Homes.com. We've done your homework.